Good morning. Welcome. Those online, welcome to you. Join us as we sing together and praise the Lord.
announcements I think that are rolling on the screen. Um, the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, 
but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, I talked to my Sunday school class this morning about prayer uh, a little bit. And we're faced with all kinds of things going on in the world today. We're up here on the stage. We're short-staffed, really, because, and we're all singing different parts than we normally sing because people are sick and are out, and, and we have several folks that have um, uh, been sick this week. And, uh, you know, COVID is making another, another run. And it's not a thing for us to be fearful about, but it's a thing for us to be praying about. And as I talked to my class this morning, you know what? Prayer doesn't look like wringing our hands and worrying, okay? And, and we do far too much of that, I'm afraid. And uh, I think God's already given us the victory. So just ponder on that a little bit. Uh, there may be some changes in the schedule, and I'm sorry to be so uh, disjointed, but I don't know what's, uh, what's going to be happening over the next week. I know that uh, we uh, were meeting in person. Uh, we've gone back to meeting online in, in for the children. Uh, we thought that was uh, out of an abundance of caution. We want to make sure that we don't uh, put them at risk. So we started to do that. So online is still available to everybody. Online memberships are available. If you're interested, just, uh, just let us know, uh, info at murrayhill.church. And uh, the text line is still available to give. You can give in person, give online, uh, however you choose to do that. Thank you. Worship with us. And let's, um, let's focus on how powerful God is. Holy Trust 
praise you, to bring hope to the hopeless, to bring healing to the sick, to bring victory to the defeated. Father, I thank you that the, the grave had no victory over Jesus. I thank you for grace, for mercy. I thank you for the reality that we get to be yours. So, Father, I pray that this time would be everything you want it to be. I pray that your spirit would open our hearts and our minds to you, that we would be very honest and real with you this morning, and that we would leave this place transformed because we've had an encounter with you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. So, just so you know, um, and, and those of you who are not in Florida and watching online, uh, we have had another big breakout here in Jacksonville. We've kind of been the, become the epicenter, if you will. And uh, last Sunday, um, first of all, I want to say I love you, and uh, it was a great, great week last week, and Sunday was a, an awesome day. Um, but since then, we've had at least half a dozen we know of uh, who have tested positive for the virus, so that's why we're stepping back things the way that we are. And, uh, and so we'll continue to do that until, uh, until we're, we feel safe to move forward. And it's so aggravating because we'd come so far being so protective of everybody and then uh, just like that. And so just a few weeks ago, everything was okay, it seemed like. So anyway, that's, that's why we're, we're stepping everything back. I wanted you to know that. Uh, and we're going to do our best to keep everybody safe. By the way, uh, the building is being fogged between, uh, between our meetings. So uh, just let you know that it's supposed to kill everything, I guess. But anyway... Uh, we, we're doing everything we can to make it as safe as possible. Um, so today I want to start a series um, that is really bizarre, and it's called, called the Crazy. And uh, it, it's based on the prophet Ezekiel, and now a lot of pastors are using, or preachers are using uh, Ezekiel right now to talk about the end times, but I, I don't want to talk about the prophecies, I want to talk about the prophet. There's nobody in Scripture that I can find who was called to do more bizarre things by God than Ezekiel. And uh, his story is incredible, and his faithfulness is unreal. 
Um, he is called to do absolutely crazy things. And, and I, I go through this because I think it's important for us to understand that the call to follow Jesus goes contrary to the world. And people look at us sometimes and think, well, you're crazy, right? And so I want us to understand, and, and, and the whole thing in this is to keep in mind that our call is first and foremost to follow King Jesus, right? And sometimes when we follow King Jesus, it leads us to crazy, all right? And so we're going to use Ezekiel, and, and here's the deal. Once we go through Ezekiel's story, you'll be thankful that you're not Ezekiel, and you'll realize it could be a lot worse. All right, so let's get the background of the story here. So go back in history with, with me to 587 B.C. 587 B.C., the Babylonians came and conquered Jerusalem and destroyed the temple. They left Jerusalem in rubble. And so they just wiped out Jerusalem and the temple was gone. If you go back a little further in time, about a decade, in the mid-590s B.C., you find that the Babylonians first came and captured those who were leaders and took them back to Babylon with the goal of making them Babylonian. So you see the story of Daniel in the middle of that, where Daniel and his three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, or you may know them by their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then they, they changed their names, they changed their diets, they tried to make them Babylonian. And so they, they pushed for that. And so before the fall of Jerusalem, these people were being taken to Babylon. Ezekiel lived in that time period. Now, there's debate about whether he was in Babylon or he was in Jerusalem and back and forth. Um, so, but anyway, he was a priest in the temple, and he was called by God to become a prophet to the people. And so the first three chapters are about that call. And so we're going to focus on chapter three, but chapters one and two, there is this incredible vision that Ezekiel has. And it has angels and creatures and wheels and great trumpets and great noises. And, and all of a sudden, then God shows up. He falls to his face, and he's terrified, as the prophets were every time that they encountered God in that way. And so he's having this incredible vision with God, and he's, in, he's interacting with God. And so keep that in mind when we read what we're going to read, that he is interacting with the one who created everything. Okay, so it's going to sound bizarre, but, but keep that in mind, um, because here's the call of what he was called to do. So we're in Ezekiel chapter 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 15. Ezekiel chapter 3, and so remember, he is here in the middle of interacting with God, and this is a part of his calling to become a prophet. And he said to me, this is God speaking to Ezekiel, and he said to me, son of man, Eat what is before you, eat this scroll, then go and speak to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat this scroll I am giving you, and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it, and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. That sounds bizarre, but he's not the only prophet that had that vision. All right? Now, some of them ate the scroll, and it made their stomach really upset. He didn't say that, uh, but he ate, he ate the scroll. So he had the words of God in him. It's the idea. Verse 4, he, said to, he then said to me, Son of man, go now to the people of Israel and speak my words to them. You are not being sent to a people of obscure speech and strange language, but to the people of Israel. 
not to many peoples of obscure speech and strange language whose words you cannot understand. Surely if I had sent you to them, they would have listened to you. But the people of Israel are not willing to listen to you because they are not willing to listen to me. For all the Israelites are hardened and obstinate. But I will make you as unyielding and hardened as they are. I will make your forehead like the hardest stone, harder than flint. Do not be afraid of them or terrified by them, though they are a, a rebellious people. And he said to me, Son of man, listen carefully and take to heart all the words I speak to you. Go now to your people in exile and speak to them. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, whether they listen or fail to listen. Then the Spirit lifted me up, and I heard behind me a loud rumbling sound as the glory of the Lord rose from the place where it was standing. It was the sound of the wings of the living creatures brushing against each other and the sound of the wheels beside them, a loud rumbling sound. The Spirit then lifted me up and took me away, and I went in bitterness and in anger of my spirit with the strong hand of the Lord on me. I came to the exiles who lived at Tel Aviv near the Kebar River, and there where they were living, I sat among them for seven days, deeply distressed. Okay, so there's a lot going on here, and it's a very, very interesting story. I encourage you to read one and two. I mean, it's like amazing, right? But it gets to the call. This is what I want you to do. And, and, and I want us to see, first of all, and hear this because this is hard to hear, that sometimes God gives us assignments that stink. He does. Sometimes God calls us to assignments that are, for the kingdom's sake, really hard for us to do, and we don't want to do them. We don't like them. I give you as an example, of course, Jesus, Garden of Gethsemane, through tears, through sweat drops of blood, said, Father, let this cup pass from me. I didn't want to do it, but not my will, but yours be done. And sometimes God calls us for his kingdom's sake to assignments that we really don't want to do, but for his kingdom's sake, they must be done. So I want you to see Ezekiel, what his assignment was. This is crazy. He said, verse 5, you are not being sent to people of obscure speech and strange language, but to the people of Israel, not to many peoples of obscure speech and strange language, whose words you cannot understand. Surely if I had sent you to them, they would have listened to me. He said, you're not going to people who, don't, who won't understand you. You're not going to people who there will be a, a dissonance between the languages that you speak. You're not going to people who won't get it. And it's only if you would have gone to them, they would have listened to you. Even though there wasn't much of a connection in language, they would have listened to what you said. But here's what I want you to do, verse 7. The people of Israel are not willing to listen to you because they're not willing to listen to me, for all the Israelites are hardened and obstinate. And here's what God said to, to Ezekiel. I want you to spend a lifetime preaching to the Israelite people, and guess what? They're never going to listen to you. Sign me up. You're going to preach your heart out. You're going to tell them what I tell you to tell them. You're going to give everything you have to it, and they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to pay attention. Now, I, I got to say, there are times as a preacher I feel that way. Right? I've had people 
in this congregation come to me and say, that was the best sermon I ever preached, you ever, I've ever heard preached. And I want to say to them, and I don't say this, I want to say to them, you heard the exact same sermon five years ago with one little switch, and you were sitting in the exact same spot. Why is it good now? See, sometimes it feels like people don't listen. But I didn't know that before I started. See, if God were to come and said, I want you to, 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 to be a preacher and nobody's ever going to listen to you, <laughs> let's, let's find something else to do. He came to Ezekiel and said, guess what? You're going to pour your heart into this. You're going to speak my words, and they're not going to listen. But I want you to do it anyway. Amen. See, here's the thing. Sometimes we're like the disciples were before the Holy Spirit. The kids today, they, they had a discussion online about uh, the discussion on whether who was the greatest. You know, in Mark 9, that happens. So the disciples are following behind Jesus, and they don't think he can hear, and they start getting a debate, which one's the best? And Jesus stops and says, all right, what were you guys talking about? As if he didn't know. What were you talking about? They wouldn't say a word. He said, if you want to be great in my kingdom, you must be a servant first. Well, you think they would have learned the lesson. But if you keep reading the story, on the night of the Last Supper, Jesus washed their feet, and you put John's story and Luke's story together. What happened was he washed their feet, and then right after he washed their feet and told them to love each other, they had the same argument again. Which one of us is greater? Which one of us is going to be more important in this hierarchy of, of this kingdom that Jesus establishes? And, and what I want you to see is, is that the disciples were set on what was in it for them. They saw the miracles. They, saw, they heard the sermons. They, they heard the parables. They saw the amazing things that Jesus did. They, they even saw him walk on water and bring dead people back to life. And they were consumed about, where's my place in this? Because they made it about them. You see, that, that's kind of we have this tendency to think that I'm going to do whatever God wants me to do as long as I'm okay with it. Or as long as it's going to advance my cause. Or as long as I'm going to feel good about it. It's going to give me a higher standing with people. See, we, we get this idea that, that somehow this following Jesus idea is about us, and it's not. It's about him. Now, let's be clear. Ezekiel was not excited. If you keep reading those last couple of verses that we read, he mourned for seven days. He mourned for seven days because God called him to do this. Now, think about that. He had this amazingly incredible, powerful encounter with God, and God said, here's what I want you to do, and he got so depressed, he went into mourning for seven days. Yuck. But he did it anyway. You see, the, Jeremiah had the same issue. Jeremiah said, God, I don't want, I don't want to speak for you anymore. I, I'm so tired of people turning against my message. I, I don't want to do it, but I can't stop because your word is burning inside of me like a fire, and if I don't let it out, it's going to kill me. See, God calls us to hard things. 
And sometimes we forget that what we do and who we are is all about him and what he wants to accomplish. So I want to, make, I want to, I want to tell you a couple of things that we as a community of faith that we're called to do. Okay? And, and we've been called, first of all, to this address. We're at 4300 Post Street in the middle of Murray Hill in Jacksonville, Florida. We've been called to this address. God has put us here in all of eternity. He's put us here for some reason. And this is our address and the one we're called to. The community we're called to serve. The people we're called to connect to and minister to. We, he's put us at this location. That's our first call. The second call is to serve other people in this location. So we, we've been called to spread his love and, and, and to minister to other people. And we've been called to this spot, to this time in history, to this moment. And we've been called to a tough moment in history. Let's be honest. If we were able before the beginning of time and God said, hey, do you want to go to a time where there's going to be a pandemic where millions of people die and, and, and live in the middle of that? Well, no, let, let's do something else. But we've been called to this moment in time to serve people now. It's where we are. It's the time we're called to. And so we can resist that and we can fight that and we can run away from it or we can say, okay, how would Jesus have me serve in this moment in time? In fact, better asked, how would Jesus serve if he were me in this moment in time? So I, I gotta tell you, it's just been so aggravating for me the last five or six months to watch Christ followers get so consumed with whether, whether they're going to lose their rights to wear masks or not, or are they going to be forced to get shots or not, and, and all of this. Stop it. Stop it. We've been called to follow Jesus Christ in this moment in time to love people. And the question needs to come back, not what do I want, what are my rights? I gave up my rights when I chose to follow Jesus. I gave them up. So the real question is, how would Jesus have me respond in this moment? How would Jesus have me respond? Who does he want me to be? And you know, sometimes who he wants me to be stinks. I don't like it. I'd rather be somebody else. I'd rather do something else. I'd rather have a different mission. But I gave up my rights to that when I chose to follow him. You see, all of us have been called to a specific purpose right here, right now. Ephesians 2.10, Jesus, or Paul said it beautifully uh, after saying we've been saved by, by grace through faith, that we are Christ's workmanship put together for the beginning of time so that we can accomplish the good works that he set aside for us to do. You and I have been set aside for this moment in time to serve in the way that he's called us to serve and created us to do. That's why we're here. Ezekiel's call, man, that, that would be so hard. I, I want you to spend a life preaching for me and be a failure. But the truth is, he wasn't a failure at all. 
And here's what's crazy about Ezekiel's story is that he wouldn't be considered a prophet till hundreds of years after he had died. But he did what he was called to do for God's sake. So I, I want to I challenge you as I challenge me that, that God calls us to tasks that are tough sometimes. He calls us to love people sometimes that are hard to love. He calls us to serve people that are hard to serve. He calls us to minister to people that may be difficult to minister to. But at least you're not Ezekiel. And as we go through the story, you're going to be really glad you're not Ezekiel. And so I hope that today that, that God is impressing on your mind something that you know you've been supposed to do or someone you've, you know you've been supposed to minister to. And, and, I, and I pray that he's impressing their, their face on your brain to such a point that you have to do something about it. He doesn't promise that it's going to be fun. He doesn't promise that it's going to be easy. He doesn't promise that it's going to be wonderful. But he does promise it's going to be for his glory. Because that's what it's really all about. And that's who we need to be. But here's the great news in all of this. God will never call you to something that he does not equip you to do. He will never call you to something he does not equip you to do. Look what he did for Ezekiel. Verse 7, the people of Israel are not willing to listen to you because they are not willing to listen to me for all the Israelites are hard and obstinate. Verse 8, but I will make you as unyielding and hardened as they are. I will make your forehead like the hardest stone, harder than flint. Do not be afraid of them or terrified by them, though they are a, a rebellious people. You know what God said? They're stubborn and horrible people, but what, you know what? I'm going to make you more stubborn. Uh, I just got to tell you as a side note, I, I came across these verses and I showed them to my sweet wife, verses 8 and 9. And she read them and she said, oh my, that's you. <laughs> Thank you. But God said, you know, I've given you this assignment. It's a horrible assignment and I know it is, but I'm going to give you what you need. And you're going to be so determined to fulfill the assignment that nothing's going to stop you. Amen. You're going to do it. Because I'm going to give you the hardest head on the planet. Harder than stone. See, I think sometimes we, we say no to God because, well, I just don't know the words to say. Now, Jesus specifically promised on that one. You do the first sentence, the rest will come to you, I promise. Because he promised that. But I don't know how to act. I, take the first step. He will never call you to something he has not equipped you to do. He just never will. And, and that's, that's the promise of Scripture. I, I want to tell you two stories real quick. And the first one is the story of, of the man who was born blind in Scripture. Remember that story? Jesus and the disciples are walking through the streets, and, and they come across a man that everybody knew was born blind. And the disciples looked at Jesus, and they said, Hey, Jesus... Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? And they were following their Jewish belief. 
that if something, if somebody was born with a, with a horrible situation physically, then there was some sin involved. It was either them or their parents, and their parents' sin being pushed on them. And so they, they believed that wholeheartedly. So they said, Jesus, who sinned, this guy or his parents? And Jesus turned and looked at them and said, neither one of them sinned. This man was born blind so that you could see the glory of God. Now process that with me. He was born blind into a society where he would be an outcast, where he would spend his life begging for, for money so he could eat. He was born into a society where he would always be nothing to people other than somebody they'd occasionally throw a coin to. And he was born that way not because of anything he did, but because God needed to do something. He needed to show the disciples how powerful he was. Born blind for the glory of God. Ezekiel, come and preach a lifetime for me and have no followers. I'll give you what you need. But here's what you don't know long after you're dead. They're going to look back and say, oh my goodness, Ezekiel was right. He was right. God was speaking through him. And whatever you're called to do and whatever I'm called to do, it may be a difficult task, it may be frustrating, it may be heartbreaking, it may be disappointing. But it's not about us. It's about the kingdom and what he wants to accomplish. Second story I want to tell you, and I know I've told you before, but it's the story of, of Jim and Elizabeth Elliot, missionaries to South America back in the 1950s. So they met at Wheaton College and they went down to South America. They got married. They had their first child down there and they were excited about being missionaries. Well, Jim Elliott and his missionary friends who were there with him, there were, there were five, four of the couples. The five men went to this tribe that they knew had never heard about Jesus. So they went to this tribe. They began to interact with them. They, they told them the truth of the gospel and the response of the tribe was to kill them. All five men. First missionary job. First time to present the gospel to people who had never heard it. And they kill you. Now there's an assignment, right? See, that's not where the story ends. Two years later, Elizabeth and her young daughter felt called to go to the same tribe. And they went to the same tribe and and believe it or not, the, the seeds of the gospel had been planted by those who had been killed. And in two years' time, the whole tribe believed in Jesus because five men gave their lives and the door was open for the truth of the gospel. The truth is we've become soft. I don't know any other way to say it. We've become soft. We want everything to go our way. And if it doesn't go our way, we don't like it. And we're mad about it. If things aren't the way we are, I think they're supposed to be, we get frustrated with God, we get angry with him, and we want him to fix it. But here, here's what we have to remember, is that God is up to something much bigger than us. And we're just a small part of the story. We're just a, a small part of the grand story. And sometimes people are called to do things that the world sees as magnificent. 
I mean, you think of Billy Graham and all the people he told about the gospel. That, that's who we're supposed to model after. No, we're supposed to model after who God made us to be. And we say yes to King Jesus. And he uses us to continue his work, even if we don't understand. I'm reminded of the, the great cathedrals in Europe. If you've been able to see those, just the magnificent structures, unbelievable buildings. And, and you realize when you read the history of them that many of them, the, the longest one, I believe, took like 225 years to build. So you know if you are laying the bricks or the foundation of this building, you're not going to see it finished. Right? I, I mean, besides some crazy miracle or some, some fountain of youth drink, you, you're, you know when you lay that first brick, I'm never going to see this done. But you lay the brick anyway. And it's interesting when you read about the history, they, they get apprentices and they teach them to lay the brick exactly the same way that they do so that once they quit, the next generation gets it exactly the same until each generation passes it along until the build, this beautiful building is done. And I think it's important for us to understand the building's not about us. The building of the kingdom is not about us. It's about the king and his kingdom. And our part, it, it may seem so small and so insignificant, and we, we may think it doesn't really matter, but we never know what God is doing. And so our call is to say yes. You see, the success is not based on, on how many notches we have in our belt. Success is based on whether or not we say yes, whether or not we're obedient. So today, I just want to challenge you. What, what has God called you to do? And maybe it's just to love your next-door neighbor who's really hard to love. Maybe it's to start a nonprofit where people's, hundreds of people's needs are met. And so many times we, we feel called to do something, but we don't do it because, well, just don't have enough money. God doesn't have a money problem. We have a trust problem. There's not enough people to help me. God's got that. If it's really something he wants to do, he'll take care of it. Amen. And so I, I think we have to, to step back and we have to look at what's going on in the world, realize we've been put at this moment in history, and we have to decide, what would Jesus have me do? What would he have me do? You know what? The rest of it is secondary. It's secondary. We sure like to make the secondary primary. But it's secondary. So I challenge you as I challenge me. Find what it is God has called you to do. Say yes. And see what he does. And it may not have an impact for a century. But say yes today so he can fulfill his purposes through you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for Ezekiel. And Lord, as we go through this story, it's just overwhelming to imagine the things that he said yes to. And I thank you that you made him so stubborn and willing to say yes. 
And Father, I pray for those who are here or those who are watching that you have given visions to, you've given dreams to, and, and Lord, something has been stopping them from moving forward. I pray that, that today they would begin the process of saying yes. And Father, I pray that somehow you give them affirmation that yes, it's time to move forward. And Lord, when we are called to tasks that are hard, called to tasks that we just really don't want to do, I just pray that you give us the desire and the willingness to say yes to you above and beyond everything else. Thank you that you have this all figured out. Thank you that you have a plan. Thank you that you let us be a part of what you're doing, even in a minuscule way. Now, Father, I pray that you bless this time, and I pray that you use it for your honor and your glory. And, Lord, I pray if there's anyone here or anyone watching that needs to know you, that today would be a day of salvation for them. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We go through this life journey, and we have a problem because we've been separated from God. We've been separated from God because of decisions that we make. It started with Adam and Eve in the garden. A choice to disobey and dishonor. In all humanity, we've made that decision to disobey and dishonor. And because of that, we find ourselves separated from God in such a way that we can't overcome the gap that is between us. But God in his perfect plan and his perfect love sent Jesus to bridge that gap. Sent Jesus to die on the cross after living a perfect life, to be buried and come back to life and, and one day return so that we can find forgiveness and find new life. And if you're here today or you're watching and you've never asked Jesus into your life, we, we invite you to do that today. In a minute as we sing, if you're in the room, I invite you to come to the Welcome Center and let, let's talk about faith and what it means. If you're online, you can text us or you can email us. We'll have folks ready to respond. The greatest gift of all was given for you. If you don't know him, say yes to Jesus today. Maybe you're here watching and, and God has put on your heart that you need to be a part of this community of faith. We want to make that official. I invite you to do that. Uh, you can, again, meet me after we're done. You can text. You can talk about that. But if that's the call, then say yes. Maybe you have questions about faith, things that are confusing, things you'd like to talk about. Please don't be afraid to ask. Again, if you're in the room, we can talk when we're done. Uh, you can text and, uh, or email us with your questions, but don't be afraid to ask. Or maybe today, the Spirit rekindled the fire in you for something that you know you're supposed to do. Say yes today. Not for your sake, not for your family's sake, for your friend's sake or even for the church's sake, but for the king's sake. Amen. A call to obedience is a call for all of us who follow him. You respond today as you feel led as we stand and worship together.
today both online and in person as you go through this week please take the precautions you need to protect yourself and your family and others and we hope to see you either online or here again next week as we worship our savior have a great day